0: important question of your day hey is this being emo Hello and welcome to episode 127 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Owen from WashedUpEmo.com. Today we welcome Scott Vogel from the band Despair, Buried Alive, and Terror. You're probably confused right now. Hear me out. Scott is a huge fan of emo and professes love during the show for Texas The Reason, Split Lip, and Chris Higdon multiple times, including a dream scenario. That you need to hear in its entirety. Scott also mentioned the time he kept singing the chorus of Jimmy Eat World's sweetness for a whole tour, annoying his band. We talk at length about the hardcore scene, how time off from the band both saved him and the members itself from imploding. I had a blast talking to him and I hope you enjoy too. Thank you to all the Patreon supporters for your continued support and faith in the show. It's the reason we're still going. So thank you so much for that. This is episode 127 of the Washed Up Emo Podcast with Scott Vogel. From despair, buried alive, and terror. Tell them, the others, find them and tell them not to doubt. Even now, not to doubt. Tell them to keep their faith. They must keep faith. Thanks for doing this
1: Thanks for having me I'm a fan
0: Oh, I had no idea you. Th- I was I was laughing when I was like Is that fucking Scott from uh, fucking Tariff Terrorf- Liking all these posts? Holy shit
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think um, in the last two years I stopped listening to music And I only listen to podcasts
0: Really? What other ones do you listen to?
1: Oh, I mean, I listen to so many
0: oh, oh, tons of music ones
1: Tons of hip-hop ones Some crime ones Nothing smart, <laughs> nothing, nothing that's going to make me smarter, improve my life. Just... Yeah, but I think I found your podcast because I searched Garrett Klon. Mm-hmm. Your thing popped up and then, you know, I went down the rabbit hole, if that's the wormhole, <laughs> I don't know the right term. And here we are. I'm very curious to see where we're going to go because I don't know if the your listeners, if they know who I am see the irony in having me on the Washed Up Emo podcast because people think of me as this person that's in hard, hard hard-hitting, hardcore bands for the last, for too long. (laughs) So, (laughs) let's let's see what happens. You know Matt Pike, the booking agent? Yes. So I met him
0: in, I want to say, Brattleboro, Vermont? Yeah, that sounds about right. Is that a a place? Yes.
1: Yeah, I met him there. He was at a, uh, my old band Despair was on tour with Chokehold And uh, I don't know exactly how it happened, but we both ended up on some random local basketball court playing basketball before the show. I also, this is going to be a little disgusting. I don't care. I'll put this out there. I'm uh, known to be an extremely clean person. I I also had stints in my life where I'd take more than one shower a day. I guess that makes me a little weird. But on this particular same tour, I remember uh, obtaining, like, jock itch. And having to go to some pharmacy in Vermont and get some cream to rub on my private parts to make it go away. (laughs) It's a great Vermont memory. Oh, that's
0: great. When you think about the state, you're thinking about jock itch. That's great.
1: There was a skate park that Terror has played in. Um, I think that a dude named Spencer had booked some shows. So that's that's maybe my knowledge of him. Yeah, and uh, Matt
0: Pike. <laughs> but yes, yeah, Spencer. You know, the uh, was in that band My Revenge, and I. Yes. What was cool about that is like I thought those were the biggest bands, and I think being if if a band came from Buffalo, like when I saw Snapcase at Two Four Two Main, like I thought that was the biggest thing in the world. And I think it shapes someone. And I know throughout your, you've been doing this for a long time and, and you're, you're in it. And I think, where did that start for you? Like, was it in Buffalo? Like, was it that same? Cause that's, it's isolated, but you guys are close to stuff. But how did it start for you? That ethic, that those ethos, like all those things that sort of connect the dots. And you're like, this is how I fucking do it.
1: It's funny that you bring up Snapcase because, uh, I always attribute to my uh, desire to be in a band, to be a frontman of a band. I was uh, so my brother got me into underground music and hardcore and and punk. He was more into punk, and then eventually we both found the the hardcore scene together. And uh, I never, you know, was really into the punk look and the anarchy thing. That really wasn't me. So when we found hardcore, it kind of mm, made a little more sense with me. And then uh, pre-Snapcase, those guys had a band named Solid State, and that's, uh, I would say I saw them play, and and they were just, you know, kids maybe a tiny bit older than me, and uh, just seeing them play kind of clicked in my head, and one day I was watching them, I was like, I want to do this. So uh, before that, I would play drums in some crappy bands with my brother and stuff. And then we started my first band. Maybe I said to my brother, "You know what? I want to. I want to be the front man." And we started my first band, Slugfest. And uh, yeah, it's all it all stemmed from there. Choka, Chris, and Jeff from Chokehold put out our first seven-inch, and you know we never toured, but we played you know up in Canada and maybe Detroit and uh, Syracuse and all the close spots. And then as that broke up and despair started, and we actually did a couple tours.
0: Why do you think that it stuck? Like when that when you were seeing those bands for the first time? Because I I talk about this with you know bands. They say, oh, I saw Fugazi and that was it, or I saw American Football and that was it. You know, seeing those bands, and it's not like it, it wasn't a phase. This is not something that it just was one summer.
1: Well, I can tell you when I saw Fugazi, that wasn't it. it that was it for Fugazi because they came to Buffalo. Played a couple songs. People were stage diving. They said anyone else stage dives, we're leaving. Someone staged over. They got off stage. They probably played four songs. And I said,
0: this band (laughs) makes
1: absolutely no no sense to me. And, uh, yeah. So that was it for them uh, in my life. But, uh, you know, I I just think that I'm a, you know, if, if... if you walk past me on the street and you didn't know me, you would probably just think I'm uh, either an army guy or an average sports fan or something. But, you know, so what I'm getting at is I don't look like I'm very weird, but I I knew from the beginning that I was not your normal civilian. I wasn't going to fit in. I wasn't going to go in line and do what I was supposed to do. Finding hardcore in lyrics that kind of told you to question everything and live your life outside the lines that are are drawn for you always made sense to me. And then when it became getting in a van with your friends and have late night talks about real things that matter and the next day you're in some city you've never seen before and you're playing music and people are singing the words back to you. And on top of that, you get to share the stage with the bands that inspire you. And then you become friends with the bands that inspire you. And then you're in Europe with these people that you looked up to and thought were like gods. And you realize, you know, they're not gods. They're, they're normal people, but they're actually people that you connect with. And, uh, just that whole gradual process and that removes you from going to college and it removes you from getting a job that you really cared about. And then you say to yourself, all right, well, I laid this path down for myself. This is the path I chose. This is what feels right for me. This is what is important to me. Uh, it's not an easy lifestyle. Uh, my body's beat up, my brain's beat up. I lost a lot of good relationships over the insanity of touring, but uh, I've also been all over the world, fucking five times, and uh, I think I've gained some knowledge and freedom that most people don't ever experience.
0: Do you think that the the DIY? I know that it's still happening. I know there's still basements. There's things are still happening. Do you think it's passed down the way that it that I feel like earlier generations that maybe didn't have a phone sticking in front of their face the whole time? There's that moment in the van where you can talk instead of everyone kind of off in their own world.
1: That's definitely, uh, and it's also hard for me to to judge that because um, I mean it's it's two. I can give you two different scenarios, um, like with Terror. We've been a band now for ah, sixteen years when we get in the van, we've all spent so much time together. We know everything about each other. I mean, believe me, we're all good friends and would do anything for each other, but we don't have those, you know, we do. Maybe if people drink the right amount and smoke the right amount of weed and it, (laughs) it becomes like a serious night for talking, but you're right. It isn't, but I, I can't judge what it's like to be 19. I would hope those things still go on. I would hope it isn't just, everyone texting, I would hope people are talking about what's your favorite seven inch on revelation. And could you imagine what it would have been like to see the gorilla biscuits in their prime? I, I would hope those things happen. I don't know, but I can say that, um, maybe two years ago, I, uh, started this band called world be free and it's with, you know, all older people. Um, you know, there's the bass player, gorilla biscuits, Sammy from judge and rival schools. And, older people. And that's the only thing I can equate it to. And when we did do some shows, there definitely was more traveling because we don't know each other and we haven't spent that much time together. So there was less texting and more talking. So I would hope so. But you know, with, uh, I'm this is a topic that comes up a lot on your podcast and other podcasts, but It's never going to be the same, you know. No one's pulling out their dialers to make phone calls to ask where the venue is because they can't find it on the map and stuff like that. It's a simpler time, and it's uh, uh, not a simpler uh, laid-back time. It's a simpler time with technology, and everything's right at your fingertips. But, you know, there's still, you know, there's there's a venue now here in L.A., uh, a place called Programme. And it's a skate shop owned by uh, the, the one dude from the singer of death by Stereo Ephraim. And I try to go to the shows there pretty often. It's an hour away from me in LA that could be two and a half hours on a bad d- drive. But, you know, it's a skate shop, no stage, vocal PA. And they do all sorts of different shows there all the time. So I think there's, it's still happening the right way if you look for it. If if you just accept the crappy stuff that's happening the modern way, then sure you can find that too. But I think if you look for the real, quote unquote, underground scene where there's still some sort of ethics and thought into it, doing it by us for us, then it's still there.
0: Yeah, I think the that that feeling of I'm I find stuff now when I'm not on the internet when I've not spent time searching and searching. It's a friend telling me something or I happen to be somewhere physical and there's something there that connects me to it. Um, for some reason, that seems to be still the most meaningful.
1: <laughs> I I think, too, you know, I, I'll never discount the fact that I still buy demos. It's still the most important thing for me is seeing a band live and getting that that, like... Goosebump feeling and being like, "Holy shit! Like this band's amazing. Look at that front man. Can he lend me some of his energy so I can go off that hard?" But there is a, you know, I don't, I don't hate on the fact that I'll go on Instagram and just scroll around and see a a live photo of some band, and I'm like, "Who is this? Oh, blah blah blah, blah from Seattle. Cool. I can listen to them right now and." Go to their band camp and listen to it, and say, "Oh shit, this band's awesome!" Like, and then you might connect I got... with them, right? So uh, that that's an insanely awesome thing. But you know, there's there's a there there also is the treasure hunt that is gone of like a uh, you know the record store in Buffalo that I used to go to was home of the hits, and you know, like when I would see a new record coming out on Rev you know, that, that would mean maybe it'll come out in August. Maybe it'll come out in September. So I'm going to drive there with my friends every week when we have a little money. And if the record's in, I'm buying it, but if not, there's a hundred t-shirts on the wall, I'm going to go home with one of those yeah. or buy a different record or I'm in the city of Buffalo, walking around, seeing flyers on uh Telephone poles. Oh, shit, this band's playing great. So, you know, there is that thing that's missing.
0: It's it's a give and take. You've been touring and seeing all these kids. Are the kids the same? The kids are the same, right? The ones that are singing along? Yeah,
1: the, the kids are the same. They still They still suck, and there's still cool ones, and there's <laughs> judgmental ones, and there's ones that think they're better, and there's ones that think they're tougher, and there's ones that are there just to... Do nothing to do with the music, and there's ones that are there because they need the music so fucking bad that they waited two weeks for the show. You know, the kids are the same.
0: And then when you're when you're saying stuff and you're talking, and what do you want? Like, have 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 things that you've said changed from the beginning to now of what you're saying? Because what a kid can take away, or what are you passing on?
1: You know, it's weird. Like to, to think about the the. Um, start to to the start from, from the start till now of me on stage talking with terror, it begins with me being very, uh, uh, talkative and saying a lot and, uh, being very express, expressing myself and trying to, um, say things that are important. And then there, there was a time in terror, where there was so much violence at our shows, which I, I like to call the dark days.
0: When was that? Like what? What years was that? Two thousand and
1: four, maybe two thousand and five, two thousand and six, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Where there was just so much violence at hardcore shows, and terror was really. Uh, I, this sounds terrible to say, but we were at the forefront of it because we attracted a. a a wide range of different people. And unfortunately when you do that, you got these people over here that don't like those people and they're going to show them how fucking tough they are in the pit, which in no way did terror like that ever. You know, I mean, I I like a show where everyone's bouncing off the walls and going off. But if you're there to hurt someone, I mean, I've never encouraged people getting hurt at a show. So at that time, um people people maybe associate terror with me talking about stage diving if you if you know about the band Mm -hmm. and that was just a direct reaction of me saying enough with these fights let's try to get people to move up and instead of punch each other in the face let's get them to jump on each other and be closer and maybe try to get the the show more uh directed back at sing-alongs and stage dives instead of the whole room being standing against the back of the wall because they don't want to get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. I sure don't want to go to a show and get punched in the face. So there was that time, and I think now it's kind of come full circle where when we play now, we definitely link a lot of songs together. Like uh, we just did uh, shows on Friday and Saturday in LA and up at Gilman Street in San Francisco, and we didn't stop once. It's it's kind of like once you have the energy, I don't want to stop, but I also don't not want to say things. So we'll just ring out in between songs. And I'll definitely am, again, back at the point where I think it's important to say something, whether people agree with it or not. Uh, I think part of underground music, which separates it from all the other genres out there, is the lyrics. I guess hip-hop, too. The lyrics gotta be saying something. It's gotta be more than uh, "my girl broke my." Oh, can I say this? On you totally can. Yeah, (laughs) my girl broke my heart, and now I'm sad. You know, like like you know, I listen to music that says that. But for me, the music that's most important to me is something that's that's saying something that maybe can make life a little bit better or a little bit more meaningful or open your mind up to something you never thought.
0: When did you get into emo?
1: Yeah, uh, let me think. This is probably something I never really thought about. Um, I've always, you know, I love Texas. Is the re- I'm going to try to go backwards. So I love Texas is the reason. I was never a big Embrace fan. I was never a Fugazi fan. Uh, I loved Quicksand. Maybe, maybe it was GB to Quicksand. I don't know if Quicksand emo, but that's starting down the path. I love Split Lip. I love Falling Forward. Um... You know, that that might be a, a starting point in Louisville. Might be Louisville or Quicksand. My old band Despair was on Initial Records just because I loved those bands so much. Oh no shit. And um yeah, so uh early Initial Records was out of Detroit and they put out Pitbull and some harder stuff and I think when uh the label moved to Louisville, it started going more in that emo direction. But uh, I love that stuff so much. And we played shows with like the Enkindles and Falling Forward and stuff. And um, well, maybe it was Elliot by the time Despair was a band. But uh, yeah, and I just, and Andy Rich and me, you know, it's funny. I st- I don't think I still have this letter, but I sent Andy Rich a letter like uh, trying to get him to sign Despair. And he sent me back like, hey, thanks for the demo. Uh, right now I'm too busy, but could you book the Enkindles tour in Buffalo? And I always kept that because you know later maybe next year he agreed to do the record. Oh, so that's cool! Me like so. Um, you should try to find that I letter. <laughs> I uh, unfortunately it's probably I'm lost in of those Yeah, I'm not one of those people that holds on to stuff. I I wish I did, but uh, I bought the first Get Up Kids EP on Doghouse.
0: Definitely, when you were doing it around that era. It was you could have been playing with four other emo bands and you were a hardcore band and it was fine.
1: Yeah, I actually did a tour with my uh, band Buried Alive that was Hot Water Music, Elliot, and Buried Alive. And <laughs> sounds that sounds awesome. To mo- most, yeah, to most people, that's like, what, how did that happen? And it was like, Hot Water Music asked us to, I, I'll say, use the word tour loosely because I think it was like five or six shows. Um, but they asked us, and we loved Buried Alive. Loved Hot Water Music, and now that that's by far my favorite band that ever existed. I don't know how you categorize. I don't even know what type of music Hot Water Music is, but they're my favorite band. So, oh, I didn't know that. And, and yeah, but by far they're my favorite band. And it's funny because I hated them when I heard them. When I first heard Hot Water Music, I was like, "This is terrible." Which record? And, Which uh, was the first
0: one you heard? finding the rhythms the first
1: no i probably heard them with forever and counting that's the okay. first record i remember hearing them and i was like this is terrible but the the bass player and guitarist Alive loved it and they would play it in the van and then it started to stick in my head and then i can remember we also shared an apartment together and i remember when no one was home i would sneak in the room and listen to the music because it I was an outspoken this is terrible, but I had to hear it. Do you remember
0: those I mean that those shows and having those different genres, I think that's so important for a kid that might not be exposed to something else, but it's all in the same family.
1: I I could be wrong, but I would attribute that to two things. I would say that back then in most cities, maybe maybe not a city like Chicago or New York. But a city like Buffalo for sure, it wasn't big enough to separate. So uh, you know, if you were into hardcore but you didn't really like despair because that was tough guy, but you liked uh Elliot and Hot Water Music, you were still gonna go to the Despair Show because you only had one show a month and you wanted to see the other hardcore kids you wanted to support. You probably wanted to stare at some girl that you had seen at the last show, so you were still Check. going to the shows. You were still going to the shows. Now you know, um, in a bigger city, maybe not so much. But I know in a place like Buffalo, they're just—it was all one scene. And you're right. You're like you know, there there were shows. Like you know, uh, my old band. Desp- there was a show that was Snapcase a split lip in despair. I, there was a fourth band too, I can't remember. And that just made perfect sense because then you'd get more kids and every band doesn't sound the same and every band isn't saying the same thing and every band isn't either saying, oh, baby, you broke my heart or, oh man, I'm gonna fight against this world because it's so hard. You were getting different aspects from different kids. And I, I feel too, I could be wrong about what I'm going to say next, but I feel like, the emo scene maybe most emo early emo kids were first hardcore kids is is that true
0: that if if i've done over 100 of these you either come from that camp or you've come from the metal punk yes you could have just uh, come there but a lot of time I mean, you get a band first a lot of kids like first band i ever found out I liked was Warrant. Well, that was hard music. And then, I, <laughs> then I understood, you know, then I found Helmet, and then I kind of moved deeper. I think there's always those gateway bands, but yeah, metal, hardcore, punk, indie, too, the indie rock scene, but it's it kind of flows from somewhere else. Right.
1: Well, I was one of those kids also. I was uh, Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil, and Rat Out of the Cellar. And then into my brother pulling me into the punk world, which I liked, but I didn't love. And then uh, I saw DRI and Seven Seconds, and I saw a Minor Threat on the Night Flight, um, another state of mind, social distortion movie, and then it was over.
0: Really? So that movie and those couple shows—that—that uh, sounds like a pretty good threesome right there. Dri <laughs> fucking, and then the, that's awesome. Yet it
1: was D- Dri Gangrene and Buffalo's own the Goo Goo Dolls opening up. Who, if you were in Buffalo in the when I was the late '80s, D- uh, the Goo Goo Dolls were just this crazy thrash band that and on Metal Blade. Like, yeah, they were insane, and I can remember going to see them with my brother with like a hundred people saying, like, throw your clo- throw your sweatshirts on stage, we need free clothes to go on tour because we're so broke. <laughs> like, And then, you know, down the line, they're on VH1 and MTV, rocking the world, so. Uh, they changed their sound a little bit, but they sure figured out how to write a fucking radio
0: hit. <laughs> they totally did. <laughs> I forgot about that. I mean I remember like when you first kind of go down the rabbit hole like where are these guys from? Holy shit, they are on Metal Blade.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> uh when the emo stuff kind of broke when it was bigger, were you kind of paying attention then or not? Like when it kind of hit the emo boom where it was like all over the place.
1: You know, if if you if you quizzed me on 50 emo bands, I'd probably know everything and love 20, but you would be surprised. Like Mineral, when you say that, I know they're a huge band. I don't know anything about them. This, um, oh my God. This you know, is be so
0: fun. I'm, yeah. You should just rattle them <laughs> off. Be like, no idea who they the, are.
1: The, <laughs> there'd be bands that, you, so ask me some bands and I'll tell you because there's going to be ones that I know nothing about and there's going to be ones that I love.
0: <laughs> what, where's, but how did that happen?
1: Just um, maybe their proximity to the hardcore scene, or yeah. if if I if I collided with them, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, let's see here. Maybe I can pull some out.
1: Um,
0: sunny Day Real Estate,
1: love. Just just listening to them last week, thinking about how fucking amazing they are.
0: How'd you find them? Was that just a friend, or
1: maybe because the dudes were in Brotherhood? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh Rana Maria.
1: Never even heard the name. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> Piebald. You got to know Piebald. Very close to hardcore, yes. Yeah. Uh
0: the promise ring.
1: them You know, don't don't know them that well. Know the, I should know them but I don't.
0: This is my favorite segment of any episode <laughs> I've ever done. <laughs> Because you're so fucking honest. I love this. But it's like there are so many bands and there are so many subsets of them. And the word, I think, is what I – again, you know this and people that are listening are rolling their eyes. That's the point of all of this. Like the scene is big enough where it's not five bands. It's not five years. It's a long history and there's a lot that's behind it, um, which is fun.
1: I mean also for me, obviously hardcore is my go-to. And then hip-hop, I listen to more than I listen to anything we're talking about here. And I have this, and then I have, you know, cold. I love Coldplay, I love Tom Petty, I love Pink Floyd. So this is, for for me, emo, or this more emo side of music, is something that I really love, but I never, you know, I never dressed the part, and it was never my main thing, so it's kind of like a secondary thing for me that i can just enjoy and you know something that i I, i'd love to get back to doing this because the what we were just doing i don't want to kill what we're doing because you are enjoying it but (laughs) for me a wonderful thing about this scene we're talking about so like uh i go to a hardcore show everyone fucking knows who i am That that sounds pretentious, and I don't want to sound pretentious. I know what you know. Most people know who I am. They either love my bands, they hate my bands, they know I used to be vegan and now I'm not, and they blah, 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 blah. I go to see the Get Up Kids. No one fucking knows me. I don't need to talk to anybody. Blah, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. It's just a refreshing thing where I'm not attached to that scene. It's just a breath of fresh air where I can just completely go for the music. And none of the nonsense is attached to it, so that's a you know an awesome thing for me.
0: That's sort of like everyone um, thinking they saw Ryan Gosling at the American Nightmare show. Now we can just figure out where is Scott Vogel at the emo show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw Steve Buscemi at a bad brain show. That really? really cool. Yeah, I bothered him. Well, I did not bother them. Him. I went up to him. I said, I don't mean to bother you, but you are fucking cool, and that's it. I don't want to bother you, and I left. Something along those lines.
0: And he was like, I,
1: consi- I considered not bothering him, but I said, man, I, I got to. <laughs> so, all right, throw a couple more bands at me. I'm I'm curious to see who you're going to come with. All right. Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> there was a terror. T- what's what's their biggest hit? The Middle. They have the word super.
0: There was a terror or, or tour. Sweetness?
1: sweetness or the middle? Sweetness. Yeah. Sweetness. There was a terror tour probably for you. I, I have this problem where I get little things stuck in my head, and I say them over and over and over and over to the point where people are like, shut the fuck up. And I was singing that um, a whole tour. So scarred my band <laughs> for life with that. Great band. Saves the day. But third, <laughs> Uh... I'm trying to think of how, how honest I should be here. Uh, I've, I I think Chris is a great guy and I think they went on to do amazing things, but when they first came out, I was like, how can a band from New Jersey sound just like lifetime and get bigger than, get bigger than lifetime. And it was kind of a bum out to me because lifetime is one of my favorite bands. So, I hope that isn't being too harsh. No, I want. I don't think so. kind of childish. And we did Warped Tour, Tara did Warped Tour with Saves the Day a couple years ago. And we we hung out with Chris a little bit. And I don't want to come off like a dick.
0: No, I know what you mean, though. A lot of people said that. Uh, You (laughs) know, a lot of people said this sounds like Lifetime. But you were going to say something about Jimmy Eat World that I didn't, that I might have cut you off. All right. Oh,
1: I was going to say they they got so big, they were almost like mainstream
0: for a minute, weren't they? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh let's see. Uh uh Dashboard Confessional. meh. Nah. Okay. Uh Never let's, happened. Let's see here. Death Cab for Cutie. Maybe more of the indie world, but Are they from Seattle?
1: Yes. They got pretty big too, but no, never happened.
0: Okay. Thursday.
1: Eh, nah. I did I maybe I, I listened to that guy on the podcast though and it was very interesting to uh, to hear for me to hear that he was a booking shows in a lot of those basement shows in New Jersey. So, yeah. uh, I think that's extra cool. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, they were one of those bands that ended up on victory and I'm not like a slight, slight victory guy because the, there's a lot of records on the victory back catalog that I loved. But at that time I wasn't really into that scene. I do know because I heard that the singer, I think his name's Jeff. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, he sang at the Turning Point reunion for Turning Point because the singer of Turning Point had passed away, and I never put it together, but Turning Point has that song Thursday, and they named their band after that song, so that's pretty cool, too.
0: Yeah, that is pretty rad. Um what about any any bands from the mid two thousands era? Were you already were you were, were were you deep away from them by then?
1: I'm pretty good at not paying attention to what a lot of people paying are paying attention to because I'm a dick. So no, those ba- those bands were like too big for me. And you know I know Pete Wentz and and you know people in Fall Out Boy just because the uh, connection to hardcore. Yep. And also um, a friend of mine was tour managing My Chemical Romance and brought the singer Gerard, is that his name? Yes. To uh, one of our shows once. I don't think it was even our shows. that I think we were playing on tour with Every Time I Die. So I met that guy briefly and they they all seem like nice people and stuff, but...
0: It was just kind of past I, your time.
1: It's No, it's just almost too... Uh, Clean? Uh, poppy yeah. and friendly... I would rather go with a Texas <laughs> The Reason where it's a little more dirty. I like know,
0: Scott, I'm going to use that. Poppy and friendly.
1: Yeah, if it's a little too friendly, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going like to use that how now. Mu- <laughs> how music so dirty? Yeah. It's so dirty. Uh,
0: did you ever listen to karate? Uh,
1: instrumental, correct? But,
0: yeah, they the, the vocals were very minimal.
1: Oh, um, uh. Not in my wheelhouse. I I see that these things, I kind of know what they are, but it's just too much music. Well, that's,
0: this is what's, I mean, it's again, because you were in it this entire time and like what came through, you know, like what made it to you in all the things that are happening? Because it is that time where you're on tour, you're doing all these things, you're in your world and you're not kind of centered where you might be able to process more of this. You're doing your own thing. So whatever got to you,
1: you right. know, was exactly. through a friend
0: or things like that. So um, that was absolutely hilarious. Um, do you have any <laughs> good chokehold stories? Because I fucking loved chokehold. I remember their you know, their CD had two tracks. I don't know why, but it was annoying to get to the songs I wanted to listen to. Do you have any fun <laughs> stories about chokehold?
1: Yeah, I got tons of stories about chokehold. Um, I, I grew up in Buffalo and Hamilton, where they're from, was just about, 45 minutes away. You had to cross into Canada, obviously. And they had a a house that they did shows in Hamilton called house for Zach. Uh, Oh no, just Slugfest played there. Chris put out our first seven inch. They took Despair on tour. Uh, I saw Jeff pull their van over once that was broken down and take a hammer and start hitting the engine. He, I guess he thought that would fix it. Um, Do you think
0: they were a little before their time? I guess everybody is if you don't make it the certain way, but I was just like, this could be, you know, I don't know. I, being a little kid in Vermont, not knowing anything and maybe knowing 10 bands total and reading Metal Maniacs, like, it just felt like they had all this, the, the right stuff.
1: If I'm going to be brutally honest, and I really, this is going to suck to say this, because <laughs> they were... Really good friends of mine, and Chris is still a friend of mine. Quiet. My seventeen-pound dog thinks he's gonna save the world because <laughs> someone's appar- apparently breaking into my house. Um, honestly, I just don't think they were good enough musicians, you know, in in the hardcore sense. They got a great following because they they were had so much to say and they were smart about it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it could ever go farther than that because they were really sloppy. Interesting. Were, I, and I I don't think they cared. You know, I, I don't think they set out to be this super musical talented band. And, and to me still, I'll take the band that has something to say over the guys that can play really good, but are uh, brain dead. But uh, that's where I think their, yeah. their drawback was to you, get to the, some sort of next level.
0: Yeah, what do you think of uh, Justin Brannon?
1: He's an awesome dude, and that's that's really cool. And So I, just you know, to let everybody know, I, he
0: won a seat in the, uh, what was it, a, a, a city council seat.
1: Yeah, he's a really cool guy, and he's super funny. And uh, they're another band that was always on the political tip and always very outspoken with smart lyrics. And uh, I don't want to say I know him really good, but we've done a few tours, and I've spent time with him, and... Um, I think that's really cool. And uh, I feel like this world would be a better place if more of that shit was going on, if more youthful-minded, open-minded people that maybe aren't corrupted would start to get their their hands around this world. But I I don't know if that's a reality. There's always
0: a time where if there's a hardcore kid somewhere, it's like you just somehow... You just wink and you're all good. Like that, so it's nice right. to know there's a hardcore kid, you know, somewhere in the in the uh, city council um, that has those things. Or it's been brought up that certain way, and it's just it's it's always fun to think about. Um, I've, I'm sure you had a bunch of examples like that, but I've always had where, oh, you're into hardcore? Yeah, hang on a second, let me get you those free fries. You know, <laughs> like <it's>,
1: right? Right. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> where the fuck were we? I think where we chair was just in. Uh... Maybe it was Germany, but I don't think it was but somewhere in Europe. And I wanted to get a haircut and I went into this barbershop and uh, I asked the people, can you cut my hair? And they were like, no, 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 no. We're super busy. We are we can't. We, you know, I'm sorry. We don't have an appointment. And one of the people that was waiting got up and said, he can have my appointment. I know who he is uh please cut his hair and i was like oh my god this is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me that's, that's rad so cool. he, he he's like i can come back tomorrow i know that you're on tour you can get your hair cut and, and i was like oh, that's so, cool. so that was very nice
0: oh that's rad see it helps <laughs> uh yeah. what sort of you know you've been doing it this long and i know you've kind of said oh it's been really long i think that's awesome I think to have a voice throughout these times, and that's why I was kind of asking about the beginning and how has it changed like where i mean you said it's a little harder you got to keep you know it's a you know it's it's harder each time to keep doing it, but um doing it this long and having that knowledge is needed. you need to have those people to pass that down and um it's it's really important to you what's what's been what's been important recently that's kind of kept it going kept that fire
1: that's such a easy question for me to answer if you would have asked me that like a couple of years ago i may not have had a a, a really quick answer i may bullshit of this question but um about 14 months ago i had a surgery like a spinal surgery on my neck and uh i don't know if i was delusional or not but i thought it was going to be a lot easier than it was and it I was fucked up after, and uh, we didn't play a show for maybe 11 months. No, I said 14 months. No, probably, like, we didn't play a show for, like, seven months, and for me, that's, like, an eternity. Like, I haven't gone without playing a show for that long, and my, my body was fucked up from it, and... Honestly, there were probably times early after the surgery where I was like, dude, am I going to ever play again? Is that the end? So, having that time off away from it, it did two things. It makes you reappreciate how fucking cool it is to get on a plane and fly to, you know, wherever, some far off land and And go there. And whether it's two hundred kids or six hundred kids, have these people singing along and so happy that you're there and can relate to their music. it it it, it reopens your eyes to how much of a beautiful thing all of that is. and not not just the people singing along, but just going with your friends and sleeping in some weird hotel room and making sure you have the right adapter to charge your phone and like just all the things that come with touring. Um And at the same time, it did the opposite. It all of us, when we got back together, were like, God, it felt good to be home. Let's not tour because if you follow terror, we tour like crazy. Yes, So let's kind of find a middle ground where no one has to get surgery again, where we don't want to kill each other, where we aren't begging to be home. Let's find a middle ground. So over the last like six months, we've been touring really tastefully. And as before, where we'd get asked to do a tour and we'd say, oh, my God, we can't turn this down. We're like saying no. It feels kind of good to say no. So we've kind of found this nice middle ground where we're peacefully touring and having the best of both worlds. And that feels really nice. So I hope I answered your question.
0: That's a beautiful answer. It saved the band, I bet.
1: It definitely did, and um, it's funny because we had the same lineup for the last nine years, and uh, eventually our bass player, um, you know, in the right way, not in a bad way at all, he just said, dude, I'm getting married, I cannot take this, I can't take tour anymore, please start looking for a new bass player. And now we have a new bass player, and we're touring way less, and he'll, like, hit me up, uh, text me jokingly, like oh, cool, you wait till I leave the band to, like, tour half as much. Real <laughs> great timing. Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> I love that. You should tell them, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it.
1: <laughs> so, yes, I think we found a middle ground, and it's been, um, you know, when you when you do a six-week tour, and you're at the three-week mark, and you have three more to go, and you're just like, why the fuck am I doing this? It can really destroy your mental well-being. But when you do, uh, we just went to Europe for 17 days. So when you're at the eight-day mark and you're halfway, you're like, ah, this is easy. Just eight more days. Who cares?
0: Can you make money on a 17-day tour in Europe with all the flights and all the travel and all that stuff?
1: We do very well in Europe. That's awesome. I, I haven't worked a, I don't want to big up terror like we're this big band, but um, you know, we we tour mo- modestly and uh yeah, you know, we make it work.
0: That's awesome. And
1: and if if you said anywhere else in the world, I'd say no, but Europe Europe's got this love for traditional hardcore like nowhere else in the world.
0: Why is that?
1: I don't fucking know, but I'm not gonna question it because (laughs) because we're going back in six
0: months for 17 days. (laughs) Yeah,
1: if Europe didn't exist, I don't know if uh, terror terror might have still be a band, but we wouldn't uh, have been able to uh, do all the touring we did, where we didn't make any money. So, uh, yes, thank you, Europe.
0: Thank you. So you've said earlier that you're like not that into collecting, or have you thought about creating something f- with all the all the stories and travels and trinkets and things? Or is it more of living in the moment and this is and tomorrow's going to be better than today?
1: Me and my friend, I don't know if this is exactly uh, what you want to hear or what you asked, but me and my friend Andrew from Strife have been pretending we're going to start a podcast for the last year and it's never happened. So I don't know if it will, but um, that would be a place to um, recollect some stories. Um, I'm not sure if you meant like take all my old shirts and cut them into a quilt. Is that what you meant? (laughs) No, I just meant like
0: you've got, you know, these stories over the years of like teaching or more of a, like passing down what you've learned in a, in a, in a way, if it's online, if it's a podcast, if it's it's written down, uh, if it's... You've got all these called
1: The Scott Vogel School of Stupidity. You come to a show with a bottle of whiskey, and you get me in a corner somewhere and we start drinking, and I'll give you all the... Stupid wisdom you want.
0: All right, there we go. That is it. School. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like the uh, the uh, room and board for that. It's, it's already set. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything that you've wanted to do that you haven't been able to do in life or in yeah. mu- in music? Life, music, and
1: life. It's both. In music, there's a few places I still would like to go. Um, we've never been to Alaska. We've never been to um, South America. We've never been to Israel. Uh, Those are all places I would like to see. Um, I don't even care if we play there, but maybe a stop, a layover. Um, I heard Iceland's very nice too. Um, That band World Be Free, I spoke of earlier. We had a feature spot from Walter Streifels, And he's basically my... Hero Man Crush, so that was a, a bucket lister. I think is Rival Schools. Is that an emo band?
0: The post hardcore, but definitely it definitely leans that way.
1: God, they're good. They're One of that, my that
0: that record is chock full. The first record just chock full of hits.
1: Uh, Chris Higdon. And Walter Streifels have been my two emo man crushes throughout my life. You know, I've been trying to get um, Chris to,
0: I've been trying to get Chris to do the podcast for four years.
1: Do you have contact with him? Yes, he knows. If you uh, ever contact him, tell him I said hello because I I, he is not in, He's not in my life anymore. But there, there was this uh, special moment in my life where. He knew that I loved I think this was maybe Elliot, but he knew that I was a Falling Forward super fan and I was a personal super fan of his. And uh one time I believe probably Despair was playing in Indianapolis, which is a couple hours from Louisville, and we were there and he walked and this was our straight up hardcore shows and he walked into the show and I was like, Oh my god, he traveled to see me. Like I was really excited and then after the show he took me in a ri- a ride in his car which was like a some really old cool car like a 50s car that you would imagine he would have he had <laughs> and he took me around. Ri- so basically we had a date in my mind we went on a date <laughs> so uh yeah but i don't know him anymore like that you know i'm sure if i saw him it would be a, a, a cool moment but oh my he's god you got that new what, what's the Frontiers? The Frontiers, you, the
0: yeah.
1: Band? Yes. Yeah, that's cool, too. Anything else? I, what The most important thing that I've done that I always wanted to do in life was calm the fuck down. And I don't know how it happened. But actually, I do know how it happened. And this is going <clears> to <throat> get kind of emo.
0: You already did by saying you went on a fucking date with Chris Higdon.
1: (laughs) Higdon. (laughs) I don't know if he'd consider it a date. I don't think he would. (laughs) You did. But (laughs) in all reality, I've known to be a stress case. I'm also the type of person that makes a list every day, like you were on my list today at 6 o'clock. I make a list. I'm always stressed. I'm always worried things aren't going to happen. I also have had. times in my life where I would smash things against the wall if things didn't go my way and freak out. And you know, that really solves things. But one thing in my life I needed to do was calm down. I got a dog and my dog does not like when I raise my voice and I like my dog so much that it just totally calmed me down. So anyone out there, that's a psychopath idiot stress case, consider getting a dog.
0: Because they respond to how you are. If you're angry, they will be upset. If you're upset, they know that, all that.
1: It's it's the most beautiful thing in the world. If I get upset and raise my voice, my dog runs over to me, jumps on my chest, and starts kissing me. And it's just like, how can I stay mad? <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to stay mad because he's like my best friend, and I don't want him mad. I, I don't want him scared. I want him give him the coolest days of all days. This is getting pretty emo.
0: You know what? I think I'm in a commission, a someone to draw you having a, a dog kissing you um, when you're angry, and then also <laughs> a picture me of... wishing
1: Chris Higdon kissing me.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or a <laughs> a one photo of that, and then the second one of a car a 50s car on a dirt road with a sunset, <laughs> and you and Chris listening to Falling Forward
1: together. <laughs> No, Chris popped in Madball just for me. <laughs> <laughs> Set it off. <laughs>
0: that would be fantastic. Uh, any other emo memories that you can uh, remember? I Honestly, guys, I, I was going to tell the, the people out there, I can't believe like you it was amazing to see because I'd been following obviously all your bands all these years, buried alive, despair, terror, and so to have you kind of like like sunny day photos or that old Elliot one of them at a restaurant um when I posted uh. it years ago, which I joked you know el- there's an elliot reunion dot 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 at a restaurant <laughs> you
1: know like yes. <laughs> uh, amazing
0: it was great to see, and I think it's it's um it's it's cool that you're looking back at some of these records or bands and, um, it still means a lot to you.
1: I mean, Garrett from Texas, the reason he grew up in Buffalo. So, um, we would, you know, go to hardcore shows together when he had an X shaved in the back of his head. And then, you know, eventually he moved to. Oh, well, he got caught up in the whole split lip thing and was out there with those guys and then moved to New York and kind of lost touch with him. But to see him do what he did, that was really cool. Uh, now we have reconnected. Um, you know, he, he, uh, Texas, the reason played out here. And I went to the show and I saw him afterwards when you get off stage and everyone's bothering you. And I just left, I didn't want to bother him. And then he played a solo show out here, maybe like two years ago. And it was really small. And I was just at the bar having a drink and he just saw me and he was like, Holy shit. And we proceeded to get drunk that night. And now ever since then, (laughs) we've hung out a bunch of times and, He was actually over in Europe doing uh, solo stuff when Tara was over there, and he came to a few, just weird timing-wise, like he came to our Berlin show, and then he had a day off in France, so he came to our France show, so that's cool. I love his last
0: solo record.
1: It's awesome. He's amazing. He's really great. Well, I hope
0: you and Andrew get going on that podcast. I want to hear those stories. I want to hear some old-school Strife stories.
1: Yeah, I want to get the, I want to get the dirty stories out of people. Like the dirty hardcore stories whether it's uh the drunk debauchery or band interband hating or hating other bands or
0: stuff like that. Yeah, cuz enough time I've- has passed right get the muck out honestly the what you describing Chris Higdon and going on a date that that will be that will be the end that will be definitely right before a terror song plays underneath or calm Americans right before that and I'm
1: I'm sure your your fan base is really gonna be excited to hear that terror song
0: (laughs) they know I'm a hardcore kid they're gonna have to deal
1: (laughs) that's when they hit the off button
0: exactly uh, well, cool. I'm so stoked that you did this. Me too. That was effortless. I honestly, there are a ton of hardcore kids that listen, so I think it'll be you're preaching to the choir more than you think.
1: Right. And and I think uh, there's probably a lot of people like me that like uh, the Gorilla Biscuits and the Get Up Kids.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome. Well, thanks for having me.